0: I'll pre-record on my count, seven, six,
2: five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A.
3: southern miss to the, to the top you're tuned in to the eagle
1: hour all right let's go a new week of the super talk eagle hour glad you're tuned in around the state wherever you're on this afternoon online glad to have you back and i hope you'll enjoy the week with us as we've got a lot of good shows planned two two more days on the road this week wednesday at Mobile beignet when the long-awaited beignet eating contest will take place between Kelly Santer and Luke Johnson, bets are being taken as we speak.
2: You can bet the over or the over.
1: <laughs> yes, the over or the over.
2: That's pretty
0: good. Yeah. Uh, What's that, the line? What is the line? We needed to I think that.
1: it's uh, fourteen beignets. Okay. Over or under fourteen. I'm, beignets. I'm, I'm a fourteen
0: beignet underdog. Is that what you're saying?
1: In a five minute period, how many beignets can you consume in five minutes?
2: Now, and we'll
0: see, con- I thought we were. I thought we were doing it as the fa- like a set. Number of beignets, and then like whoever does it the fastest.
1: Well, we could do it that way. I'll, I'll leave it however you boys want to do it. What do you think? Maybe who can eat six beignets the fastest?
0: Ah, uh, not six. I'll I'll die. Maybe maybe four. You'll die six. Dude, they're huge. they're like double the size of like a regular beignet in New Orleans. That's, like, the, that's, that's the, why I
2: like them. That's the tip of the Sandman
1: iceberg, boy. Six. We'll be uh, we'll be figuring that out. But uh, <laughs> this will be must, much, much listened radio come Wednesday. Uh, the beignet eating contest between Kelly and and luke john we
0: need bob we do need to know who else you're inviting as the guests so we can go ahead and apologize to them ahead of time (laughs) i'm uh, intending
1: not to invite any guests actually you know uh i'm afraid of of what they would think after the morgan's gonna have to repaint
0: the walls there's gonna be powdered sugar everywhere yeah
1: yeah she had to do that after Santa left the last time they had to i understand reupholster the couch and uh From them slopping the syrup all over the... uh, (laughs) You didn't tell me it wasn't supposed to be used as a beverage. So that's Wednesday, and then Friday, uh, we will be helping them kick off uh, the... It's hard to believe, but uh, the Christmas Festival in Columbus. Columbia. Columbia, I mean, Columbia. We always look forward to that, and uh, we'll be back then. We'll be talking more about uh, both of those shows later in the week. Uh, We're going to have Jay Ladner on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. The uh, basketball team... Uh, Place tonight. We'll talk a little more about basketball uh, in the next segment, but boy, a huge win uh, for basketball over the weekend. Unfortunately, though, for football, I'll say this to both of you guys. To me, it was the most disappointing, heart wrenching loss of the year. This was a game that it was such a big opportunity. And after the first quarter, the team played so very well and uh, then dropped a 23 26 decision. Listen to this stat, Luke Johnson. Defensively, the Golden Eagles gave up 176 yards in the first quarter and 185 yards the remainder of the game. 11, 11 tackles for loss. But in the end, there was a three-play drive uh, where uh, Coastal scored on three plays, went right down the field on three plays, and uh, that proved to be the difference. Uh, Do you agree with me, uh, the most heart-wrenching loss of the year?
0: It was really tough and, and it felt a lot like Liberty. Um, in the sense that we got inside, we, we, we were at, at the five yard line twice. We were at the two yard line once. And all three of those situations, you come out with nine points. You get a field goal every time. If you score one touchdown there, guess what happens? You, uh, you, you win the football game. And, and to your point, it's probably a little more heart wrenching than Liberty because we didn't turn the ball over. Yes. Not once, right. we didn't we didn't turn the ball over once uh, about that option, and I think it was said in the course of the game, maybe Aaron Murray or or someone on on the ESPNU broadcast said it that it's hard to replicate this offense in practice. Your scout team is obviously can't ever give you the look that a co- the coastal offense did. And so that's really what you saw. after the first quarter, the Eagles figured it out defensively. I was a little frustrated on the first couple drives. Um, because a couple of those big plays, we were getting held off the end, we were getting pulled back, and it allowed for some of those passes to get off. But Alston Armstrong and the defense figured out what that option game was about. only took them a quarter. Just unfortunate they were so hot in the
2: first quarter. And as Will Hall continues to work the quarterback carousel, he apparently came up three gold bars with Trey Lowe this week, and I thought Trey Lowe looked terrific.
1: 19 of 36, 295 yards, threw a touchdown pass, looked like a kid that was in command of the game looked like he was reading the defense very well and uh, I tell you what fellas he's got a rifle of an arm well, you see he's built like a linebacker you know i mean he's a, he's a big dude and and
2: Luke I think you you saw maturity with you know with all due respect to to young Wilkie and even Ty Keys early in the year you got a maturity with trey low he's among he's among the oldest physically quarterbacks that we've ever had at Southern miss
0: what I appreciate about it it was uh you know, we did have six sacks. Um, but a lot of those were you know, he didn't have a chance to get the ball off. A couple of them were covered sacks. But but what you what those sacks do tell you is that he was looking off the first receiver if he wasn't open. There was a couple times he forced it, but he dumped it down to Cavallo. Uh, man, the the pass that, that he made to Brownlee down the sideline in between the you know, the cornerback and the safety. Coastal was giving us a corner a cover two look all night and, and Trey was eating them up. The, 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 one of the hardest plays to, to swallow is Demarcus Jones, who made an outstanding catch at Miami earlier in the year. He's a great, great, uh, receiver. Man, it, Trey hit him right in the chest, uh, on, on a big play and uh, we probably would have got three more points out of that, that or maybe was a even a touchdown. Yeah, that was that a was big play in the
2: third quarter. Here's the other. Here's one of the other things, and there's so much to talk about. But as we keep talking about getting bowl eligible, now this is two weeks in a row that the Eagles almost got there. Well, the Georgia State one, like I say, we scratched that one off. But Georgia State goes and loses this weekend. You know, after they look like world beaters against the Eagles, well, now the Eagles, you got to focus on South Al, which is certainly going to be difficult. And then you think, oh well, we'll go to Monroe and stomp the Warhawks. Well. The Warhawks are playing the best football they've played all year long. So as you're still trying to get that elusive sixth win, it is not going to be easy.
1: Well, one, one thing that just it took me a while to digest it all Saturday night was how close uh, they've come to beating a really good Liberty team, how close they came to beating a team that's now 9-1 and one, uh, in Coastal Carolina, uh, Tulane, a uh, great game uh, against uh, what, what appears to be a very solid two-lane team. We're five and five, and we're inches away, Luke, from being seven and three. Inches away from being seven and three.
0: If you go back, if you put Liberty and Coastal together, what is that, six times inside the 10, maybe inside the five, that you don't score or get field goals? And, um, that that's what's most most baffling. Um, I'll I'll go back to the positives. Frank Gore is one of the most gutsy players that we have had at Southern Miss in a long time. He will go down not because of his name only, but you will talk about him from years to come. He's he's third right now in the Sun Belt. The stats are there, but dude, the guy gets hurt. He goes back in there. Uh, his ability to make people miss in the open field. It it seems like you know sometimes guys come to Southern Miss and you feel like. They're bringing their image to Southern Miss. So here's a, a future Hall of Famer's son. You know he's from Miami. Here it is. I'll tell you what, Frank Gore Jr. epitomizes what it means to be a Golden Eagle football player. It was fun to watch him. It was fun, man. Dalen Gill dropped the dropped the boom on guest and man how they were playing in the second half. Just uh, you, you wish early in the game you could have kept some of those uh, some of those long passes out. But I'll tell you what. Um, we, we if we if we're gonna win Kelly in these last one of these last couple games or even both we got to be able to score inside the red zone that's just been kind of an Achilles heel in several games.
2: But but everything comes out in the wash. The problem is is you don't know how long the wash is going to take. You know these these close losses will they avenge themselves here in the last couple games of the year or will it you know will it take next year? But I mean eventually all you know it, it all comes out in the wash. But but now. The task is at hand. I mean, if you're going to go bowling this year, which everybody would have been ecstatic about earlier in the year, but now after being one win away from bowl eligibility two weeks ago, we're still sitting here. And, again, the, the schedule, it does not look like right that up. Monroe game is going to well, be an easy one.
1: But, but I'm going to say this. I like our chances of beating South Alabama a whole lot more with Trey Lowe on the field. And, and,
0: t- and to that point, this is uh, this quote came out about an hour ago. This is from this is on Twitter. From Garrett Busby, who's the digital reporter for WLBT, he has Will Hall as uh, – Will Hall was asked if Trey Lowe will close out the season as QB1. Coach Hall, quote, we sure hope so. That was the best quarterback play we've had here in quite some time. I'm really par- proud of Trey for how he played, and we hope he can continue
2: to play like that, end quote. So there you go. Well, and, and doesn't Trey have one more year of eligibility? He's a junior.
1: Yeah, he's a red shirt junior.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah. well – then, well, never mind. But yeah, he's got another year. Do you left.
1: suppose it was my interview with him Tuesday that inspired him to play the way he did, Senator
2: Bob? So many people have said that <laughs> that they that their lives have been changed after getting
1: to I meet heard it from and somebody else,
2: Kelly. It was from Bob was
0: himself texting us that during the game. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. He was great, and he's a great kid, and uh, was really, really happy for him. And I look forward to seeing him play against South Alabama. And both, both, both
2: of these games coming up will be huge wins no if, if we can garner them. All
1: right, talk about a huge win! Basketball, should we say that we said give the coach another year? Basketball, big, big win. We're going to talk about that next. Southern Miss to the top. All right, I want to thank Dickey's Barbecue for sponsoring the opening segment of the Eagle Hour, as they always do. It is a great place to cater. The last home football game of the weekend will be Saturday, and uh, Dickey's would be the perfect place for you to call and to uh, have your tailgate catered. We guarantee you that the food will be delicious. Campus Bookmark sponsors this segment, and it's where you need to go before the game to pick up the best Southern Miss swag. Uh, they've got it at Campus Bookmart. You can also shop them online at CampusBookmart.net. A lot of basketball news this uh, weekend. The Southern Miss uh, Lady Eagles still playing without Malia Grayson, which is their you know their big center and really an absolute key member of the team. They drop a 72-65 a road loss this weekend to Valparaiso. Is that how you say it, Kelly? Valpo, Valparaiso, yeah. yeah. Uh, So uh, the Golden Eagles played pretty well. That was a close game, but uh, they got to get her back. And uh, I think she's in concussion protocol, and uh, they they really do need to uh, get her back sooner than later. Uh, The Lady Eagles uh, will return home to the Magnolia State. They'll play Ole Miss for the first time. Uh, That's the next game. Uh, Tip-off is set for 6 p.m., that's tomorrow night, Luke. I think maybe that's tomorrow night or Wednesday. I'm, it doesn't say here on the release. It's it's Wednesday at six. Yeah, it's okay. Wednesday
0: at six, but it's in it's in Oxford. It's at the Pavilion. All right. Um, should mention Dom Davis had twenty six points again. Two other yeah. Lady Eagles, Leak and Bracy, in, in double digits, and uh, Leek got ten rebounds. But again, you know, no Brakela Gray. No Malaya Grayson. I don't think the Seton Hall transfer played either. It's just right. they're having they're asking some some bench players to play a lot more than what they usually would.
1: Correct, and they're hoping to get those uh, kids back really soon. Well, Southern Miss men, this may be the biggest basketball win that the program has had in in what three or four years. Is that fair to say? They go. They're like a fifteen point underdog. They go into vaulted SEC country. And uh, they handle Vanderbilt uh, pretty daggum well. Uh,
2: A team that won 19 games last year, Vandy did. And this is a Southern Miss team that, you know, this year you're going to see a lot of different people play. Now, they're still, you know, if if they have a question mark at this point, still can they shoot consistently enough? But other than maybe early in the game, the Eagles never trailed in that game. I mean, most, you know, probably ninety percent of that game, right. if they ever trailed, and and when it got down to you know three or four points late in the second half, you think, okay, well here Vandy's no. The Eagles had an answer for them, right. and then finished out with some some free throws to win it. That is a big, big win. Right.
1: So they win sixty to forty eight as a player on the nineteen eighty seven NIT national championship team. Uh, Jay Ladner's uh, defeated the Commodores in the NIT Final Four, which led him to say Saturday night, the Commodores are just my... No, he didn't really say that. (laughs) (laughs) Coach Ladner will be on the Eagle Hour tomorrow at 1 o'clock, and we'll give him a chance to say it then.
2: Uh, And they played Loyola tonight at 7 o'clock. Now, Loyola is a team that his son actually plays for, and they were in NAIA, and I think they won the national title last year in NAIA, uh, Loyola. So this is a... you know. You can say NAIA, but, I mean, if you're going to play an NAI. Team, why not play the best one? At least according to the tournament last year.
1: No, put it put in perspective, Luke. How big a win was this for Jay Ladner and Southern Miss basketball? Well,
0: I mean, like you said, Vanderbilt won 19 games last year. Jerry Stackhouse, um, of course, everybody knows knows him from North Carolina and the NBA. He's the coach there, trying to kind of take them to the next level. So it's a unique place to play. I mean, the it's it's one of those old school gyms. You actually like call the game from the uh, the the in line at the, at, at each end of uh, of the of the gym, but it was a game Southern Miss at, at halftime. They led 29-25. Then they they outscored the Commodores 31-23 in the second half. They didn't shoot the ball uh the, the best in the second half. They shot 43% in the first half, shot uh, 29% in the second half, three points still, five of 24. So they were launching it pretty good. But when you look at how they scored, so both bigs, both Haas and Pinkney scored double digits, DeAndre Pinkney with a double double. He had 11 points and 11 rebounds. But Austin Crowley also scored 13 points. So it was almost as if they weren't just you know working working down in the paint. They were able to hit uh, you know from the outside and get guard play as well. They only played what three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Played nine guys. So but Denaje Harris was in there some. But the starting five of Pinkney, Haas, Crowley, Alvarez, and Arnold. Every single one of those guys played 27 minutes or more. Uh, Haas played 37 uh, minutes 44 seconds of the 40 so uh, that 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 just kind of tells you how they were able to do it um, need to follow it back up tonight you know need to get a confident win uh, tonight and and start off 3-0 and
1: well they're playing really good defensive basketball too now obviously the season has just started but they're ranked 8th in scoring defense 10th in steals per game 11th in turnover margin and 16th in forced turnover so defensively we saw that at the William Carey game last week, how aggressive they were defensively. They were very good defensively again uh this weekend against Vanderbilt and uh, so interesting start. Uh fascinated to see how well they do.
0: One more thing about that too, Kelly, and you can comment on this too, because you and I last year we talked about this a lot. Eagles had less than, than ten turnovers. They were single digits in the turnovers. That got them in trouble early and often last year a lot and they only turned the ball over nine times this past
2: weekend. And in foot, that's why you were talking about football being such a disappointment, you know, not being able to secure that win was because of of not turning the ball over. But you know, the Eagles have still got some other really key pre-conference games coming up. They play those stinking Liberty Flames. I don't know how we get rid of those guys, but we seem to play them in every sport. Then they got to go to they go to Cancun, Mexico. Poor poor guys. <laughs> <laughs> They've got to play a tournament down there. Then they then they go to out to Las Wages, excuse me, Las Vegas on December twenty second to play UNLV, and then they'll get the conference uh, season tipped off between Christmas and New Year's. So, yeah, we said back in in January or February, I made the case on the air. That, that Jay Ladder, when you kind of look at his career, the fourth year has always been integral. That's when things get turned around. It appears, by what we've seen so far, that's going to be the case this year. And we've been seeing... For two months now, prior to the season starting, just based on the feedback of the players that have talked to us, they just said there's something different about this team. It's it's a lot different chemistry-wise. It's a lot different talent-wise. And so far, it's reaping big, big benefits.
1: All right, Lee Roberts coming up uh, in the next segment of the show. We'll go back to football. But uh, fall baseball had the first uh, game of their three-game uh, fall World Series. And uh, D1 writing some good stuff about the Golden Eagles, Luke.
0: Yeah, Aaron Fitt was um, in in town for that. Uh, he tweeted this out. I think it was Saturday, um, commenting on the, uh, the the really nice Eddie Vedder uh, esque um, playlist over the loudspeakers. He he appreciated that, but he, he really talked about some of the young pitchers. A guy we watched pitch in the Super Regional, Nico Maza. Um, Fit was really high on him. He was throwing uh, ninety three. To 95, he topped out at 96, had a big sweeping slider, 78 to 82. Uh, Fit also praised Matt Adams. Um, Adams was throwing between 90 and 93 using a, a curve and a cutter. Of course, uh, we we saw him pitch in, in some good plays this year. But a freshman right-hander, J.B. Middleton, and uh, our, our buddy Pat McGee from Hattiesburg was saying this might be a guy that, that you could – kind of throw into possibly the same uh, characteristics of, of Gabe Shepard, sort, sort of in the neighborhood. Really athletic, 94 to 96, um, has a really good slider. So Middleton, a guy um, that that Aaron fits high on. And then he talks some about um, the offense as well. Uh, he commented on, on Reese Ewing, won the game with a hit. But just talking about how the outfield at Southern Miss, uh, he's going to be really, really good this year. He's all in. Aaron Aaron Fit says he's all in on on Matt Etzel, and then you throw Tate Parker and Peto, and then Reese Ewing into that. That's going to be a special outfield this year for the Golden. Yeah, Eagles. Reese
1: Ewing hit that grand slam against Oh. No, that's right. They called it foul. Didn't they? Uh, Matt Ad- <laughs> Matt Adams is a name that I think uh, you should jot down. I think Matt Adams has the chance, Luke, uh, to be a really prominent member of the pitching staff this year. He looked really good. Uh, when they brought him on late last year, and, and you could see Matt Adams uh, taking a lead role, I think on the staff.
0: Yeah, he's got to just got to work on on that fastball just a little bit. He can he can serve it up from time to time, but mixing his off off speed pitches. But to to Fitz's point, I'm really excited about Nico Maza. He's a guy that didn't get to pitch a lot last year, but when he came in, you know when he when he did, I think he threw five innings and threw you know two or three innings in that that uh, Sunday Super Regional game. I'm excited by him, Mississippi guy at an MRA, and that's one of those guys just the next in line that, that uh, it's going to be fun to watch Oz develop. The
1: Wizard of Oz is at
2: work, I think. And when you look, and again, Eagle fans, when you look at this baseball schedule, you know. Killer. For, yeah. so I mean, it's going to be tough. But when you talk to, you know, and, and lots of times fans will go, well, man, why are we scheduling all those tough teams? And the coaches will say, that's all we want to play are the good teams. Iron sharpens iron. And the way you get better, win or lose, is to play teams of really good caliber. That's what forces you to be better. And um, you know, I was talking to Lance Mancuso, the head football coach at Jeff Davis County, and somebody talks about, you know, all the non-district teams they play, you know, six A teams and five A teams, and they're a three A uh, squad. And he says, man, that's, that's what makes us better, you know, going on. So yeah. you, you can't get caught up in what fans want. We know what it takes to get to that final tournament, and it means playing good baseball yeah. team.
1: Exclude Mississippi State and almost every team on the schedule is a good RPI team.
2: Ouch. <laughs> uh, Bob Getty's address, ladies and gentlemen, for anyone. <laughs>
3: hour the eagle hour southern miss to the top
1: all right four street bar and grill sponsors this segment of the eagle hour we're glad they do it's a great place to have lunch just nine dollars 95 cents want to thank uh luke johnson for saving me there we got to chatting so about nfl football uh in the in the break that i almost forgot about getting our buddy on the phone but uh, luke reminded me i'm glad he did we got lee roberts with us just in time lee how are you man
3: Hey, I'm great, man. How are you guys?
1: Good. I, I've been wanting to talk to you. I've been looking forward to hearing your your thoughts about this. Uh, as a guy that knows an awful lot about the position, uh, Trey Load 19 of 36, 295 yards, a TD, losing effort, of course, but I thought that was the best quarterback play I've seen all year on the Golden Eagles.
3: You know, it was. And I think Coach Hall even kind of alluded to it as well that, you know, hey, he's – he hopes he stays healthy and he can keep playing well because, you know, he definitely had his uh, career day on Saturday. You know, and and obviously it's been one of these things that has, has built up over time. I think over the last four or five weeks, Trey's really been practicing extremely well. And, you know, I can remember back to when I was playing at Southern Miss. That's where it started. Obviously, Trey had a chance last year as the starter. Um, didn't play well. He end up getting injured but yet this guy stayed with it and continued to practice do the little things and and that's what it takes i mean obviously you build your faith in your teammates and trust in your teammates your coaches get confidence in you when they start to see some of the things going on at practice and and we all knew trey was talented we knew that for sure um but indeed he showed his skills on saturday yeah. and man what a great effort unfortunately it came up a little bit right. short but it was it was an exciting game. he's got a
1: big arm for sure but what what is the difference in in what trey Lowe was able to do and maybe what the other quarterbacks have not been able to do lee you
3: know it really just comes down to experience i mean here here's a guy that's in his fifth year if i'm not mistaken as a quarterback obviously started at at west virginia he's been now here for three for three seasons um Again, hasn't played a ton, but yet he's been around the program now in his third year. He's been around college athletics in Division One at the highest level. And and it's a guy that just knows how to compete. He knows how to win and not taking away anything from the other guys. But, I mean, this is a guy that when he felt the pressure, he was able to move in the pocket a little bit, create some space with his feet, but also keep his eyes down the field, find the open guys. And, yeah, he got hit a lot on Saturday too, um you know we didn't we didn't have I guess we were sacked 6 times. so I mean there's a guy that took a, took a lot of sacks but yet he got up every time and continued to do the things that he needed to and you mentioned it a big arm. I mean there's some the zip on that ball that he he threw down the field several times to Brownley and others. That was super impressive.
2: Lee when you look at the, at both sides of the football outsiders looking in say that if Southern Miss still has some work to do as a unit that uh, that maybe the offensive line it is not maybe where you thought they would be uh, at this point in the year as a unit. Is that a fair criticism? What are your thoughts?
3: You know, it is. I mean, obviously, we, we have given up a lot of sacks. We I feel like we've been better in the running game. You know, we have an offensive line that is – I mean, they're big. They're really big. And, you know, we started five guys on Saturday that were either not starting previously or they started in a new position. And, uh, you know – felt like they played They played okay. But, again, if we can get the most consistent five out there, I think it's just going to bode well for us. Obviously, just two games remaining in the regular season, but hopefully uh, having a chance for, for postseason. But, yeah, I would say yes, indeed. I think the offensive line has gotten better. They're not where we want them to be, but I feel like in the running game, they've been much better this year, for sure.
0: Lee, Lee, um... Two things. First, I mentioned this in the opening segment. One of the reasons that Lowe got sacked, there was a couple of those covered sacks. But what you see with the experience is, and and what I've what I saw with Keys early on, and what I saw with Wilkie, is that Lowe's with with his experience is not making like pre-snap decisions. He's he's actually reading the defense, which we haven't seen much this year.
3: You know he has, and you know, and 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 poor Zach. I mean, he got hit a lot early, and therefore he started. Trying to get it out of his hands really, really fast, and therefore not making his progressions. But again, that experience that you're alluding to on uh, with Trey Lowe, um, I mean, that's exactly what it is. He's a guy that knows he can stand in the pocket. He knows that he's got to take a hit, you know, but knows too uh, t- the time in his head how much time he he should have to get a play uh, off and get the throw off. But yeah, I mean, it's just it really just comes down to experience. And I mean, six sacks, you do want to you do want to get better. In that situation, but again, this is a guy that 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 played really well. They had really good covers down the field, so um, some coverage sacks indeed.
0: Here's uh, here's the killer to me, and I'm I'm looking at overall stats in the red zone as far as scores were 29 or 22 of 29 touchdowns, touchdowns less than 50 percent. 12 of 29 scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Cost us Saturday, cost us at Liberty. That's just one thing where this offense, if they break, that that's where it is once they get inside the red zone. Any thoughts at all, like wh- why it seems to be an issue?
3: You know, I mean, that's the area of the field that, obviously, it, things shrink down. You know, so if you're a defender and you're a defensive back, you've got you've got to be able to cover the length of the field if you have the full field. But yet, when you're in the red zone, you can use that back line, you know, to help you as far as protection goes. Just like a cornerback can use the sideline, you know, to help him, you know, so really funneling wide receivers to the sideline. So that's that's why it is. I mean, obviously teams do well in the red zone. We're not doing well in the red zone. We are coming away with points, but yet, you know, nine, nine points, three field goals in the red zone, and really we're able to get inside the 10 a couple times as well. We do have to put those – uh, convert those to touchdowns. So they, those, those do hurt. I know Will Hall said it after the game. We left points on the board, and that that is an area we do have to get better. And I think it once again, experience from the quarterback. Again, Trey Trey's got the experience, but yet game experience is uh, it's another thing as well. And I mean, if we've got to get better one area, that for sure is it. Well,
2: one one thing that Trelo also brings to the table is he's massive. This is a big dude. I mean, Jake Lang is not a real big guy. Wilkie's a freshman. You know he'll bulk up. You know as as he's here over time, but man, I, w- I would think that that would be another another weapon that Southern Miss would have going with a with a uh, quarterback like you are. There, his size,
3: Lee. It, you, you know I, I totally agree. So he can he can take some hits. He can take some pounding where maybe some of the other guys cannot, and you know, he can use that to his advantage as well. If he's you know matched up in the open field on a cornerback, he's – May not try to run him over, but yet he can be able to take a hit and keep on going as well. So, I mean, his size, his arm strength, his, his ability to move in the pocket, his experience, his knowledge, IQ of the game. I mean, this is a smart guy working on his PhD, I believe. So, uh-huh. you know, we're not talking about a guy that just uh, well. finished high school or really doesn't have much between the years. This is a very talented guy with a lot of brains as well and some size to your
1: point uh, that latter reference would have been Sander when he was in college the the not much between the ears thing but oh no i thought the <laughs> size <laughs> i thought so. well, well actually both the size too yeah like, it's kind of hard sometimes to get the grasp of it on tv but uh, some of these road games like the one you were at saturday night it just seems like it is a completely different environment than what we played in in conference usa what was the environment like yeah. at coastal carolina
3: you know, it was really good. I mean, I think their stadiums, you know, seats probably around 20 or 21,000. I don't know what the uh, announced attendance was, but there was a lot of teal in the stands and it was, and it was fun and it was senior day. Um, I, I think they were up. They knew what was at stake. You know, this is a team again that I mean, they're talented. They won 40 games over a four year span. Um, but you know, they're in, I think, year six under coach Chadwell. We're in year two under coach Hall. I think things are just going to get better. And, you know, if we can figure out a way to win those close games, that's what Coastal Carolina does. I think they've had four games or five games this year that they've won that's been decided by seven or less points. You know, I think Luca mentioned, you know, he alluded to the the Liberty game, Saturday's game. There's some tough ones that you lose by just a couple points. But the atmosphere, I thought, was, was really, really good. Other than trying to see that teal field on the screen. Hideous field. Yeah, that was, was kind of tough to my eyes. My mother yeah, was hideous. like,
0: what is that? What's wrong with the television? It's she terrible. Was, she thought Boise was the <laughs> only place. And it's I said, that's terrible. teal, Mom. She goes, yeah. that's awful.
1: Your mom was right. All right, Lee, about 45 seconds left. There's a big contest taking place Wednesday. And just wanted to get your take on who people should place the bets on. Beignet eating contest at Mobe Beignet. Mo Wednesday afternoon between Kelly Center and Luke Johnson, your thoughts?
2: Oh, uh, Bes- besides the fact that Mo Bay is going to lose their shirt, yeah, <laughs> well, go ahead, Luke. Uh,
1: go ahead, uh, Lee. You're you're analyst of that game. Analysis. You know, I
3: I, I want to come and watch, and you know, I, I love I love Luke, but I think Kelly's experience. He's got a few years on him. I think his experience. I talked about Trae Experience, I think Kelly's experience
1: is going to come through on that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going with Santa I understand he's going to, he's training. He's eating at the Chinese buffet both for lunch and supper. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you also, I love it. I you love also talked to. Yeah, I like how he put it. Trey Low's experience. What he meant to say is Trey Lowe's size. You know, <laughs> Sanders also.
0: So should we do that, Bob, in honor of Lee Roberts? Should the number to eat be five? Whoever can eat the five beignets the fastest. It's settled.
1: In honor of Lee Roberts. That's exactly right. There
3: we go. Y'all have fun doing it. Eat one for me.
1: Thank you, Lee. We appreciate you, buddy. Hey,
3: appreciate you guys.
1: We'll be back on the show again next Monday. (laughs) We'll be right back. Five vignettes. That's it. Who can eat five vignettes the fastest? Child's play, my friend.
3: Southern Miss, to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
0: Final segment on this Monday brought to you by D Bat and D1 training. Cold outside, but always warm inside at DBAT Bat and D1. DbatHattiesburg.com. Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the Southern Bancour Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, a couple news and notes. Beach volleyball sends two Lady Eagles to the USA Volleyball Collegiate Beach Championships over this weekend where Kelly Garraway and Taylor Pierce took on LSU, UCLA, and Long Beach State, getting some valuable experience as they get ready uh, for the spring. Inside volleyball, Lady Eagles with Coach Jenny Hazelwood. They split against Old Dominion on Thursday and Friday. They're the number four seed in the West Division, and they will get ready to travel down to Foley, Alabama. First-round match against Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern finished fifth. In the east, Lady Eagles will take on the other Lady Eagles of Georgia Southern. Lady Golden Eagles, I should say, take on the Lady Eagles. 2.30 on Thursday in Foley. And, yes, it is on ESPN+. Plus. So we'll talk more about that coming up in uh, just uh, a, a few days. Track and field has a great day at the NCAA South Regionals. Two Lady Eagles finish in the top 20, um, including one Lady Eagle. Sets a new school Record, so congratulations to Isabella Ross out of Oak Creek, Wisconsin. Lady Eagles sets a new school record of 20 minutes, 3 seconds, and uh, and .3 uh, in the 6,000-meter run. So uh, congratulations on them conference champs cross-country. In the Sun Belt over the weekend, of course, on Thursday, Louisiana defeated Georgia Southern 36-17. Monroe on the road takes out Georgia State 31-28, James Madison destroys Old Dominion 37 to three. Arkansas State squeaks out a win against UMass 35 33. Troy holds on against Army 10 to nine. Marshall defeats Appalachian State, who is now five and five on the year. Marshall six and four. They win 28 21. South Al defeats Texas State in Mobile 38 21. Of course, the Golden Eagles fell on the road. So your football standings: Coastal all alone in the East, six and one. James Madison four and two, Marshall Georgia State three and three, and then rounding out the bottom App State, Georgia Southern, Old Dominion two and four. In the West, South Al and Troy tied at five and one. Golden Eagles tied for second with ULM at three and three. Lafayette at three and four. Arkansas State, Texas State at one and five.
2: And in the West now, because people will say, well, both both uh, South Al and Troy have one loss, but the loss that South Al has Detroit. was was given to them by Troy. So if those two teams wind up tied. Uh, With those records in the division, then Troy will play in the championship. And right now, it looks like it'll be against Coastal
0: Kelly. Yes, this weekend. Guess who Troy has to play? Spoiler alert: ULM. And what would? (laughs) (laughs) What would? What would make? I mean, the the Sun Belt would only make sense that way, right?
2: Yeah, but and you know, and I didn't want to ask Lee Roberts this because I mean, you know, he's none of us know. But, I mean, obviously, we're pulling with everything we've got for the Eagles to come up with this sixth win to become bowl eligible. And with the, with the slots and the commitments that the league has with these different bowls, six is going to get you a bowl. But where does the sixth win come from? I mean, you'd – Saturday. You, you hope so, but you're going to be an underdog at home. And then, you know, earlier in the year, you're thinking, well, the three of us, Bob, you, me, and Lee could go to Monroe and, and win that game. But now the Warhawks are playing their best football of the year, man. Yeah, I'm scared to death. Confident, well, but scared to death. The
0: de- defense, though that that's what's going to win that game against Monroe. And I kind of think that's what we've we've felt throughout this year. It'll be the fact that the Nasty Bunch will play well that game. Well, let's let's Are get you this guys way-
1: just writing off Saturday? They're not playing Michigan Saturday. They're playing South Alabama. No, I understand yeah. that. I'm but- just
0: saying it's it's a the Monroe game is more likely. Bowl went to get the six win than this Saturday. I'm not writing off this Saturday, but I mean this team is seven and two. We're playing Saturday.
2: Yeah, and they've won. They've shown the ability to win on the road. They're a, they're a really good team. Um, so I, I I agree with Luke. I think if you're looking at one, the Monroe one. But man, then then you put yourself in a situation where you've got to win it. You have if they've you got
1: to win one of the two. Yeah, for sure. For
0: and sure. let well, the Eagles actually are, are projected today to take on Eastern Michigan in the Camille Bowl on December 27th. And what would be the bowl. mascot of Eastern Michigan, Kelly?
1: They are the Eagles. Are they? They are. The Eastern Mission Michigan Eagles. That's right. They're green and you. white. I got you. All right, on the show tomorrow, Heathen from Big Old Nation joins us uh, every Tuesday. Jay Ladner is uh, scheduled to join us, and that will be interesting after the game tonight. against guess the defending is NAIA national
2: champion. And his son plays. On that team. So father versus son yeah. tonight at Green
1: Coliseum. And then we'll have the post-mortem Wednesday with Patrick McGee. <laughs> Talk about the That's force the Saints. Saints. I did get a registered letter today asking me to officially get off of the Saints bandwagon and go back to the Commodores. The only let problem me just is
0: affirm you publicly, Bob. You have absolutely nothing to do with the Saints Thank being as bad as they are. Dennis
2: Allen has 100% to do
1: I with feel what better the about that. Saints But,
0: but
2: the Commodores have answered... The Saints registered letter by saying, "Few fans now. as we have, we don't want you back." You uh, you I'm also a mentioned it, a team.
0: you also mentioned it being a post post mortem Wednesday. Is that be anything to do with this beignet eating contest?
1: Could be, yes. It uh, could be very nice. Now remember, it's who eats the most in fi- who no. eats the five beignets the fastest without barfing. You got it. You got to keep it down.
0: Oh man, I mean, want to do it outside. We it's can't gotta- yak.
1: No, no yak after the catch. <laughs> <laughs> that may not invite us now. <laughs> Maybe not. This may all be canceled. Back tomorrow at one o'clock, Southern Mist. To the top Time keeps on
2: slipping seven, seven
3: into the future. I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea.